Effort goes a long way. Talent without effort is wasted talent. Know what I mean? I do. Oh, is this, is this, uh, these are the boys? Uh, no, this is, uh, harder, better, faster, stronger. So Death it is Daft Punk. Yeah. Oh, they're not boys. Are they men? They're men. French men. Found out that Prodigy played their own instruments in concert, so they're musicians. I don't know what Daft Punk did in concert. They pushed buttons and music came out. I'm a huge fan of them, but the harder I try to make the argument that they were a band of musicians, the more it doesn't necessarily sound quote-unquote right to me. I want to try and make you feel better about it, but I don't know how. There's no way to. Let's take a couple of calls as we get ready for Tracy McGrady to join us. I'm very excited about this chat. And his restaurant concept opening up in my adopted hometown of Lakeland, Florida. Next week. This week. Drew Gobble Live. Hello, who are you? Me? Are you speaking to me? I am. What's your name? Yay! Hi, I'm Tiffany. How hey. are you? Hey, Tiffany, real well. I like how excited you are. Your energy is uh, infectious. Mm, Yay! Taste. Well, I have a question kind of along these lines. So, do you think mm. all musicians can be considered artists? Oh. Because that term gets thrown around so often. And there are times when I'm listening to music and it's like, is this really art? You know? Well, do you art, understand where I'm going? Well, I, I definitely do. Art is a very subjective term. Uh, yes. Is someone an artist because he submerges a crucifix in a glass of urine, a very controversial art piece uh, called P.I.S.S. Christ uh, from a couple of decades ago? Is that art? I don't. I don't know. If someone looks at it and thinks that's art, then it's art. Remember, didn't somebody uh, tape a banana to the wall a few years ago, and it was people traveled from all over the world to come see it? Yeah. So yeah, you know, stupid art, stupid art, stupid art in I'm your sorry. opinion, but some other person <laughs> yeah. might find it conceptually genius. Yeah, I will. I will say this, and maybe this is a swerve. Maybe this is a swerve. Uh huh. I, although I'm hesitant to call Daft Punk full blown musicians, mm. I would definitely call them artists. I would call them. I mean, they're making computer art. I mean, if I get on my, yeah. uh, if I get on the little paint program and I, you know, you know, draw a picture of my dog, I've created art. <laughs> so you're putting your computer drawn pictures of Brody no, on the same, well, yeah. same level. Well, as all Daft I'm Punk. saying is, just because my medium was a computer doesn't make me less of an artist. I get now, that. Now, don't get me wrong. If I if I paint that same picture of my dog and I say, "Hey, look, I'm a musician," then we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> but for I, still art. So it, it's a very subjective term, my dear. Do you think that Daft Punk? You think they're musicians? Mm. Yeah, yes, I do. It's not my I'm not really into the electronic type of music. I do prefer more of the the guitar, right. the drums, the bass. Hey, I don't want to um, cut you off, but uh, but our special guest is uh, is on hold okay. right now. So I I'm sorry. I don't thank mean to you. kick you in the ass. Okay, thank you for understanding. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to make her feel like she's less important. Well, you know, well, I mean, but she is. 
I mean, I mean, if we're being honest here. Well, I mean, just it, to the show and what's been, pro- yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, did I did I get up this morning and wear a pair of sneakers with that color's uh, image on it? No, I did not. not I, put a, I put on my T-Mac 3s. Uh, by the way, if you if uh, whenever you have a free second, I check out the Bone social media. Um, Drew, very excited about this, this interview, and that's depicted in the video that went up on social media. Well, and here's why. I grew up in Orlando. I moved there in 78 and lived there until 2011. I was a Magic fan. Um, I love the personalities, the various ones that would come our way, Shaq, Penny, my friend Nick Anderson, and others, and I've never quite seen a player like Tracy McGrady, and when we got the honor of talking to Tracy McGrady about his restaurant coming up, I said, I am getting in the zone. I'm going to get my T-Mac bobblehead from 2002, 2003. I'm going to put my T-Mac threes on, and I'm going to go to work, number one. What up, Tracy? Hey, man, y'all know how to introduce the guests. I'll tell you that much. I appreciate it, boys. How y'all doing today? Man, we're real good. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate the time, and congratulations on coming back home and opening up this new restaurant in my adopted hometown of Lakeland. It's called Home Court by Tracy McGrady, and you're a couple of days away from opening. How's it been for you so far, T-Mac? You know what? The response from the community has been tremendous, man. Uh, it's a lot of love that's coming out from the community about uh, the opening of this restaurant. I couldn't be more thrilled about it. Yeah. Well, we're definitely excited that you're going to be doing it, and I can't wait to check it out this weekend. I just Before we get into the, the meat and potatoes of your amazing career, I just have to say I owe you a personal debt of thank you because what we hope for in this world, Tracy, is to inspire others through our actions. And what I learned when you had your first T-Mac Bowl event in Orlando at the Dowdy Pavilion, which I ended up winning, by the way, no, no, you know, not trying to gloss myself or anything, but uh, what I saw on that day was a guy who used his position to give back and raise a ton of money for people in need. And I actually took that concept, and we had our own bowling tournament last year before we weren't allowed to do events anymore for the Down Syndrome Association right. of Tampa Bay, of which I'm the vice president. And we raised 30000 bucks, and it, and it was directly from your inspiration of having a real fun bowling event that we had our own bowling event. So thank you on a personal level for opening my eyes to that so many years ago. Oh, man, that's awesome, man. I'm, you know, I, I, I love to uh, to give back and, and do charitable things like that because I know I could have been dealt a different hand. Uh, so, you know, I, I really understand that, and I take full uh, responsibility of really giving back and try to inspire the community. So uh, I appreciate that compliment, brother. Yeah, man. Well, it was a great event, too, not for nothing, but a guy who can get Shaq to show up. I ended up bowling with one of my friggin' I how who how many guys get to bowl with Stefan Marbury? You you walk into a uh, you walk into an event, you think one thing about an athlete. You know, you see Starbury on the court, and you think, man, this guy's just all business, badass on the court, would just as soon punch you in the face as say hi to you. Couldn't have been any nicer. Him, Boom Dizzle, yeah. Baron Davis. You got a bunch of superstars to play in that. I bet you were real proud of that event. Yeah, I'm, I'm most proud about it because, you know, those guys have busy schedule as well. So it, it really says a lot about, you know, who I am as a person, how I carry myself. So those guys actually take time out of their busy schedule and, and come and be a part of that event. So, you know, kudos to those guys. And kudos to me for winning that event, no, not for nothing. Uh, so, which, by the way, I got a kick-ass sign frame, Tracy McGrady uh, jersey. We got a photo taken with T-Mac. It was a, it was a super fun event. But I want to go back to something early in your life because I think not a lot of people might know this about you. You, you play a couple of years – 
of high school basketball in Auburndale, Florida. After being reluctantly pulled into basketball, you loved football, you loved baseball a lot more, but your cousins needed somebody for the pickup games, and you got tired of getting your ass kicked but for not playing. So you go in, you know, you, you fall in love with basketball, you play a couple of years in Central Florida, and then you, you have the balls to go to an Adidas basketball camp. You're probably ranked 175th out of 175 campers. And by the time that camp let out, you had schooled Lamar Odom and every other top prospect in the country to be the number one basketball prospect. Tell me about that moment in your life and what that felt like. And let me know if I got anything wrong, but I don't think I did. No, you didn't. So <clears throat> there was a time uh, when I was playing at Arvindale High School, and I think my senior year, I was averaging like 25 and 12. You know, pretty well known around Polk County, uh, but outside of Polk County, my name really didn't register with anybody. And on a national team, it didn't register with anybody. And I felt like I had uh, talent that could play with any high school player in the country. And through the grace of God, man, it was a guy that came down from Ocala that had some affiliation with Adidas, introduced me to uh, the Adidas camp that summer after my junior year. And I was the last guy to enter this camp. And all I kept hearing about, you know, prior to going to this camp was Lamar Odom, you know, 16 point guard out of New York City. And, you know, at those days, in those days, when you were 16, you were the tallest guy on your team, they were going to make you the center, no matter how skilled you were. You, they were going to make you the center. And I'm like, man, I've never heard of a guy 16 being a, a freaking point guard. Right. So, you know, he was the first guy that I faced at this camp. And I, this is my opportunity. This is what I've been waiting on. And, and this is a lesson for all the kids out there. Like, are you are you ready are you really ready when doors open for you for the opportunity for that chance that you've been waiting on? Like, are you physically and mentally, are you really, really prepared for that? And I was, I was prepared for that. Like, this is what I've been waiting for. And, and, and the difference for me is a lot of people, they want something. They want to play basketball. I need more than that. I needed, I needed basketball. I needed this opportunity. But it presented itself. I had nothing to lose. And that guy was standing in my way. And I had to go and show everybody at that camp that, you know, who I was as a basketball player. Um, so after that game, my name started ringing throughout this camp. And people were trying to figure out, who the heck is this kid, Tracy McGrady, out of Florida? <laughs> so I had I, the eyeballs on me because of that one game. And I didn't let them down Man. after that. So played through that, that camp and played the best players, outplayed everybody at that camp, and went from the last guy to enter this camp to being the number one person in the country. And that was just over uh, two months that my life changed. Man. And and when you look back at it, Trace, and you think how easily things could have gone one way versus another, what you might be doing today as opposed to talking about a Hall of Fame career, it's mind-blowing. And then you went from there. You did your last year of high school in North Carolina. And then you're thinking to yourself, I don't know. I might like to be a Kentucky Wildcat. They got a good program there. And your high school coach sits you down and says, sure, yeah, that sounds great. But um, just not for nothing, 
You're going to be a lottery pick, dude, and Adidas wants to give you a $12 million shoe deal. Why are you going to college? Yeah, kind of hard to turn turn that off or down, huh? As an 18-year-old kid. So, yeah, I, I took my visit to Florida State, took my visit to Kentucky, and when I visited Kentucky, I was like, oh, my God, this is where I want to go to school. Because they just had everything, everything you can ask for from a student, uh, from a student, from an athlete perspective. Like they had it all, right? It was just great living if you was a student athlete. So I get back to uh, Durham, North Carolina, and you know, a few weeks go by. Um, people are projecting me to be a lottery pick, and Adidas wants to offer me a contract, and my coach sticks me in his office like, and and just. You know how you just said it. Like, look, you can go to Kentucky all you want, but Adidas wants to offer you twelve million dollars for six years. <laughs> you want to, you know, go to college? You want accept this deal? And that's all I needed to hear. I just call home and ask my mom permission to for, for for go college and take the twelve million dollars and the draft. Like, you know that that was music to my ears, man. I, as much as I love Kentucky and wanted to go and be a part of that program, that $12 million sounds pretty damn good. <laughs> Not too many of us going to turn that down. We're speaking with Tracy McGrady, <laughs> whose home court by Tracy McGrady Restaurant will open in Lakeland this Wednesday. I know those first couple of seasons in Toronto were rough because of coaching situations, because of you not getting the opportunities that you thought you might. Were there any moments in those darkest hours when you're living in godforsaken Toronto as opposed to beauty, beautiful, sunny central Florida that you had thought to yourself, you know, in retrospect, maybe Kentucky wouldn't have been that bad, or are you able to use it as that gave you motivation to kind of take that next level jump when you went to Orlando? Yeah, no, I, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Eighteen-year-old um, kid, I, I could have been in college, having a great time of my life, and and, and playing collegiate basketball, um, walking around college campuses, doing that whole thing, right? Could have experienced that. Um, and, and you know, here I am going through turbulent times in my rookie year because I had a coach that doesn't really agree with, you know, how I approach the game or you know, just having a young kid, you know, be a part of his his, his plan. And, you know, it, 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 it was rough trying to figure out, okay, where do I fit in in this, this guy's rotation and what's the move? So I, I think, you know, kudos to Isaiah Thomas recognizing that, you know, it wasn't going to work with the coach and, and, and myself and our relationship. So only that only happened for half of a season. And that coach was fired during the All-Star break. And one of my assistant coaches who I, I worked out with every day and just really kept me afloat and, and kept my confidence high uh, during those turbulent times. And when he took over, he gave me structure, right? He yeah. gave me structure. And, and gave me some goals that I had to reach in order for me to get on the court and, and really fill my minutes up in my rookie season. And that's what really got me through it. Another situation that got me through is having good friends like Kobe Bryant at that time. And, you know, Kobe went through the same thing. He, you know, was struggling his rookie year, uh, felt like he should have went to college because of how he was being treated by not only his coach, but by his teammates. 
And uh, we stayed on the phone faithfully my rookie year just to, just to get me through that. And, uh, you know, he helped me tremendously. I finally got through it. And, you know, the rest of history, I, I built my confidence up and worked on my game. And, you know, yeah. I turned out to be a pretty good player. Uh, I would say that's an <laughs> understatement. A player that Kobe Bryant, by the way, said was the most difficult player he ever had to guard, Trace McGrady. And then, you know, a lot of people want to interject their own feelings into other people's career paths. I believe that we all walk the path we're supposed to walk. People say, oh, if you, had, if you had stayed in Toronto with Vince, then blah, blah, blah. And if it had worked out with Grant Hill, then blah, blah, blah. You always struck me as a guy who made the best of your situation, gave your best effort, and then you just let other people have their opinions about your career. But no matter what way you look at it, dude, I've been a Magic fan since 89. I've never seen a supporting cast as bad as some of those teams that you played on, and that's no disrespect to them. It's just when you think you're going to be playing with Grant Hill and you end up right. having to carry a team and be triple teamed every freaking game and you still bust out for 50 sometimes, that's a hell of a career, my dude. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, and, yeah, do I wish things were a, a lot better with my four years in, in Orlando? Of course. You know, but that wasn't in the cards for me. Uh, if I had a healthy Grand Hill Oof. during those four years, there's no doubt we would have played for a championship. There's no doubt in my mind. But, Same. you know, that's just, right, that, that's just the cards that I was dealt, and I had to make the best of what I had. Yep. Uh, I enjoyed playing with Daryl Armstrong and Bo Outlaw, Pat Garrity, and those guys. I, I enjoyed it because they allowed me to blossom into the player that I became. If it wasn't for them giving me that opportunity and allowed me to go out and do what I was able to do, so who knows what would have happened. But they allowed me to come in as a young player, be the leader of that team, be the go-to guy for that team, and sacrifice you know part of their game for me to be who I became. So, you know, although, you know, things didn't work out the way I wanted to or what it, whether, you know, what the way the team wanted you know, things to work out, you know, I, I don't take anything from it, you know, because it, it, it is what it is. You know, we didn't have a healthy Grant Hill. And, you know, we all know you need great talent in, in the NBA to win ball games. That's why you see all these super teams. No doubt. And you mentioned three of my all-time favorite Magic players in Pat Garrity, Daryl Armstrong, and, of course, hey, yo, Tracy, what up? This Bo Outlaw right here, a big, <laughs> big ball from Houston, barking to everybody on the court. That guy was something else, wasn't he? <laughs> hey, I'm not even going to lie. I actually thought Bo was on this phone. Oh, <laughs> what you mean, thought, man? I ain't got nothing going on. I'm a community ambassador or something from the magic, Tracy. <laughs> hey, you had me in the beginning. I was like, hold on. How the hell is Bo? <laughs> I should have played that up. Uh, we're talking to Tracy McGrady. He's got home court by Tracy McGrady in Lakeland opening up on Wednesday. John Sending, what do you have for T-Mac? Tracy, you know, a lot of people, when they talk about the NBA, older guys, they long for the days of the of the bad boy Pistons and that super physical style. You were actually a part of the generation that was the bridge between two generations. What are the biggest differences in the game and the players themselves uh, between when you got in the league uh, to, will, to when you were on your way out? Well, I just think, you know, it was more... Uh, grown in in the, in, the, in the league when I first came in. You got to you, had the, the Carl Malone, the Alonzo Mornings, and uh, the Ben Wallace's, like you, Charles Oakley, the Davis Boys. You know what I'm saying? Like you had some real groups, big groups in and in, in forces in the game. Nowadays, you know these these big guys. Not to take anything away from them because they're highly skilled, but 
more of a, a finesse league. And, you know, it's, it's more jumpers, uh, three-point shooting, uh, a lot more offense in today's game. You can't really touch these guys. You can't really breathe on these guys or it's a foul. So it's, it's more of a uh, – the game today is really just predicated on offense. But I don't even know how you defend guys that are so skilled in, in today's game. And back in our days, you know, the paint was just so crowded. You had to be extremely skilled. You had to be able to shoot the ball to, to really be effective because when you look at teams like Detroit, those really great, great defensive teams that had the enforcers and, and had uh, great perimeter defenders, it was tough. You really just couldn't get to the paint like that because of great team defense and, and the concepts back then. But now you have such you know great shooting at all five positions where it's a positionless uh, basketball, uh, you know, game. You know, your firemans are out shooting a bunch of threes nowadays. So it's, it's totally different. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, would I have a right to play in it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, because maybe I'll, I'll still be playing if I play <laughs> in the league today, you know, not getting beat up by Detroit and those, those physical teams back in the day and taking some of those beatings. Man, I got to apologize for that Detroit series. Uh, when the Magic were up 3-1, I was sitting courtside, and I started taunting Mehmet Okur, who was sitting on the Pistons bench. <laughs> and I'm like, Mehmet, 3-1, bitch. No way y'all are coming back from that. 3-1. So, I, I, it, you know, people might have blamed you. People might have blamed other people. This was all on me, Tracy. I got overconfident, and I cost the Magic that series, and I'd like to apologize to you for that. It was all on me. Man, yeah, that, that was... Uh... That was a pretty tough series, you know, to be up 3-1 against the number one seed. He was up to make victory. They made some adjustments, and, uh, you know, Chauncey Dillard, he he was incredible. (laughs) Brutal, Chauncey. I still have nightmares about Chauncey and Rip Hamilton, and, oh, my God, that was brutal. Uh, Let's move off of that very quickly. Uh, Tracy McGrady's (laughs) restaurant will open up. It is called Home Court by Tracy McGrady. It'll open up Wednesday. Are you going to be a strong presence at this place? Is it going to be like when I went to Vince Carter's restaurant at Daytona Beach and you see him bussing tables and cooking up in the back, Tracy? Well, I will be present. I don't know about cooking up anything. That's why I hired a chef. I can't cook a damn thing. So. <laughs> I will be present, but I ain't, I'm not going to be back there cooking your meals. You don't want me to do that. You're probably I gotta, right. I got to... I got to keep the, the reputation of the, the, the restaurant and what we're trying to build on. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so. well, good, man. I'm looking forward to getting out there. I'll be there this weekend, man. And, and thanks again for the time. And, and as a Magic fan, I have to say, I always felt like you were going to see something special. We did a couple of broadcasts from Magic Games, and I feel like we were in the building when you put up 58, and uh, and that was such a joy to be able to go to a game and have that as a possibility. I knew John Wisebrod pretty well. He lived in my parents' neighborhood. I didn't think he was the right fit for, for the NBA, let alone the Magic. He was a, he was a hockey guy. I know, I know. He, he, was a, he was a hockey guy trying to have a hockey mentality in the NBA, and that was just a bad fit for everybody. And had that not happened, I think you might have stayed in Orlando your entire career. Is that right? Uh, well, there, there is no doubt I would have stayed, but, you know, Management chose somebody, chose him over me because he was part of family. And, mm. you know, it's just unfortunate, man, that that situation. There's no way I want to leave. I love my, too, 
my four years, that last year was brutal, but the, the years prior to that, before he took over, it was some of the best days of my life, man. I'm telling you, playing with Daryl and playing in front of, you know, that crowd in the arena, having a fat guy running around the arena, just that <laughs> atmosphere. It was the best days of my life. And it started when I was younger. And I went to the playoff game, watching my favorite player, watching Penny, and just seeing that. And I always envisioned myself playing in that arena. So when I signed there, it was like the greatest thing for me and my family. And not on the fence, but the, the whole city of Arbondale, too. To be playing in front of my friends and my family every single night, man, oh. I was so, I was home. So why would I want to leave that? And I tried to tell management that, and they didn't want to listen to me. So I had to, I had to do what was best for me. But, you know, as I look back, I just wish you know, things had went differently and they would have listened to me and, uh, you know, would have had the opportunity to play with Dwight Howard. Ooh, man. That would have been special. That would have been special, and I feel like you could have maybe had an influence on his life as well and things would have turned out differently. But yeah. you know what, Tracy? Things turn out the way they turn out. You're a legend and a Hall of Famer, and you got a great restaurant concept opening up Wednesday in Lakeland, home court by Tracy McGrady. Before we let you go, we're going to give away a prize next to our listeners by playing a game called... Played with T-Mac or couldn't hold me back, where I will give a player and they have to tell whether they were a teammate of yours in one of your various teams or if they competed against you. I'm going to throw a name at you and you tell me if this was one of your teammates or if you didn't play with this guy. You ready? Yep. Patrick Ewing. Play with him. Orlando Magic, 2001-2002. Not a lot of people remember that Ewing spent a couple of years in Orlando and I believe a year in Seattle before retiring. Probably know you probably know all your teammates. And I think they don't want to remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even think I don't think CE wants to remember yeah. his stuff. Magic uniform. <laughs> some guys like uh, some guys have a hard time letting go, as you know, Tracy. Uh, but I mean, yeah. speaking of that, though, your cousin Vince, you got to be so proud of that dude for playing until he was sixty-two years old. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vince, Vince had a hell of a career, man. To, to play that many years. Uh, to to really still have the love to get up and go to practices, um, just to prepare yourself for another season. I mean, that just shows you how much he really loved the game. Because I know my last few years, I didn't look forward to going to practice. Like I was <laughs> mentally ejected. I had lost it, man. It's like, so I got burnt out. This is too much. Yeah. And uh, for him to last that long, that's that's incredible. It is, and you had an incredible career yourself, my friend. I appreciate the time very much. We're going to look for you at Home Court by Tracy McGrady this week, opening in Lakeland. Anytime we can do anything to help you, let us know. All right, Tracy? Hey, guys. Thank you, man. Bless you. Yeah, bless you, too, man. Thank you. Well, that was cool. It's good. Real good. He's, a, he's, he's an interesting cat. He's one of those, a couple of things happened differently in his career, and we're talking about him like a LeBron or a Kobe. If... If for whatever reason he stayed with Vince for a couple more years, I think they would have won championships. If he had stayed in Orlando, he would have had Dwight in his rookie season. Dwight Howard and Tracy McGrady on the same team. Oh, man. But, like I said, things work out the way they work out. And he's a legend. Thanks, Tracy. Let's come back then and play that game. Played with T-Mac or couldn't hold me back. Next. It's Drew Garabo live on 102.5 The Bone. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.